me say a special welcome again to those of you who are watching online or who will be listening by podcast later. And then, of course, a special welcome to those of you who are uh, listening uh, under the great voice of Nick Liu at the back, our, our Mandarin translator. So thank you again, Nick, for your, your ongoing ministry to us, and especially today. Um, it's amazing to me the ways in which we have found uh, opportunity to torture ourselves in new sports. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this obstacle race. It's called the Spartan Race. Um, it's an eight-plus-mile obstacle course that takes place in different sites around the world. Um, it encourages you to confront your most basic fear, like dying, um, <laughs> climbing a rope and falling into water, uh, jumping over fire, and my favorite, the picture on the bottom, which is crawling through mud with barbed wire fence over top of you. People actually pay and prepare to do this. This isn't something you do because you've been bad. Um, but around the world, people kind of get excited and prepare for these kind of games. And I'm imagining there's a moment when you're standing on the fig fin or at the beginning, looking out at the obstacle course before you and trying to imagine what is going to be required of me to finish this race. What is going to be required? There's going to be moments when I need speed. It's, there's going to be moments when I need to move really slow, like when I'm crawling under the barbed wire fence. There's going to be moments that require all leg strength, other times that are all upper body strength. But I'm going to be required different things at different moments in order to finish this race. And the same is true of life. The same is true of our spiritual lives. There's going to be different things required of us at different moments in order to finish the race. There's going to be days when I need courage. There's going to be other days when I need peace. There's going to be days when I need to hold my tongue. There's going to be days when I should speak. There's going to be different things required of me at different points along my life in order that I finish the race that the Lord has laid out for me. And we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit to us as Christ followers so that we can do just that, finish the race that God has set out for us. And we've been exploring the different metaphors presented in the scripture about the Holy Spirit that give us a sense of what God has made available to each of us as we live out our lives of faith. And today I want to talk to us about the, the image or the metaphor of the Holy Spirit as wind or breath. Now, there are many examples throughout the scriptures of the Holy Spirit captured as wind or breath, but I want to pick up on two just to get us started here today. The first is found in a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And Jesus in this conversation is trying to help the man Nicodemus distinguish between a legalistic, religious-based life and the life of the Spirit. And he uses this phrase, and it might be familiar to some of you, to help distinguish. He says this, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, and you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. To this man, burdened by rules and religion, kind of suffocating his faith, Jesus presents an image that when the Holy Spirit lives in you, you're going to go where the Spirit leads you. There's a sense of wonder to this life. And he says, you are going to have to be prepared and ready that when the wind moves, you go with it. That when the Spirit directs you, you go where the Spirit takes you. The other image comes in the book, that we're going to, uh, the, the book of Acts, the story of the day of Pentecost. And we're going to look at this a lot um, more in depth next Sunday. 
Uh, Pentecost is a festival much like Easter or Christmas. A lot of people are getting together for a celebration. It took place shortly after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the church was waiting. They were waiting in an upper room confined for the Holy Spirit to come upon them as Jesus had promised. And the book of Acts describes the moment when the Spirit comes this way. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And from that moment on in this story, the church that had been confined and contained explodes out into the world with the story of Jesus to people who'd never heard it before. The disciples in that moment were stationary. They were holed up in a house, but when the Spirit comes upon them, it moves them out into the world. And the Holy Spirit is wind, is the Holy Spirit who will come and guide and direct His church, our people, into the world to do the things that God wants done. And I want us to talk about that this morning. Jesus gives these beautiful words in John chapter 16. You can follow along with me or they'll be on the screen as well. John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Jesus getting ready to leave the disciples gives them these words. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. In the moment when Jesus was getting ready to leave them, the disciples were concerned. Jesus, you've been with us every day. You've told us what we needed to do. You've helped us figure out what it is that we have to know in each situation. How is it that we are going to live now with you gone? And Jesus says, well, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and will guide you each step of the way as you move forward. So I want to talk this morning. I want to give you five examples of what that looks like practically in our lives for those of us who have confessed Christ as Lord and have the Holy Spirit living in us. If you're the note-taking type, I'm going to move fast because I know that you need to be out of here by 1.30, so um, we'll, uh, we'll move quickly. Five things that are gifts of the Holy Spirit that will lead you and guide you. The first is this. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts through Scripture. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts through Scripture. There's these beautiful words in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 and 10 that say this. This is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. Think about that for a second. Paul is saying this, you and I, we don't get it. We have no idea what God wants for you. We have no idea how much God loves us and the beauty and the treasures that he has in store for each of us. We simply can't comprehend it. But then he says this, but it was to, to us that God revealed these things, how? By His Spirit. He makes this known to us by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Some of you have had this experience. You're sitting there and you read a passage from the Bible and it's like it was written for you. You can't get over it. You've read that passage many, many times before, but for whatever reason today, when you read those words, they speak directly to your heart. Or maybe you didn't even want to read the Bible, but you're doing it just because you have to or because you feel that you should, and in the midst of that moment, you read a phrase or there's an image captured 
and your heart comes alive. What Paul is saying is happening in that moment is the Lord knows what you need. And the Holy Spirit goes into the depths of God, goes into the heart of God, and brings out his truth and gives it to you as a gift. Because he knows what you need this week. He knows what you need for each day's faithfulness. As you look ahead to the week of April 23rd, 2018, the Lord knows what you need. And as you open the scriptures and spend time reading and listening to him speak to you through these scriptures, the Holy Spirit will go into the heart of God, to the depths of God, take truth and give it to you as a gift so you can get through this week. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives us these gifts through the scriptures. The second gift is the gift of prayer. Romans 8, 26 and 27 say this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Does anybody have any weaknesses? For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Think about that for a second. With groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. Think about the Holy Spirit is pleading on your behalf to the throne room of God. Let me picture it this way. It's been a difficult week. And you come home at the end of a a Friday afternoon and it's just been tough. And your heart is heavy. And you really have no words to describe what's going on. So you just have a good old cry. And you soak up your tears with this Kleenex. The image that Paul is presenting us here is like the spirit comes by and picks up the Kleenex and takes it into the throne room of heaven and says, let me explain to you what's going on in this guy's life. And I'm going to plead on his behalf today that you would move and be active in his life. Or you're driving in your car home and you're just angry about something and you're kind of ranting and railing and hoping nobody's in the back seat with you. And um, you're, just, you're just kind of getting it all. You just don't have words, but you're so angry. And in that moment, the Lord takes what you are feeling and he takes it into the very throne room of heaven and on your behalf says to the Lord, she needs some help. He needs some help. There's some things going on in their life. And I plead with you, Father, that you will move and that you will act in their life. When we have the Holy Spirit living in us, this is what the Spirit wants to do. Help you be heard before your heavenly Father. The Spirit searches the depths of God to speak to us through Scripture and then searches the depths of our hearts and presents them before our heavenly Father so that God will hear what we need to hear. Thirdly, the Spirit convicts us of sin. This is a fun one. John's Gospel 16, verses 7 and 8 says this, But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Speaking of Jesus leaving, so that, because if I don't, then the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And if he comes, he will convict the world of sin. Now, I know what might be coming to your mind is like a big wooden pulpit and someone banging and crashing on it, uh, kind of angry and yelling and just kind of you sitting there feeling really guilty. Maybe that's what you think of when you hear these words, convicting of sin. It is not my job to make you feel guilty. 
It's not your job to make anybody else feel guilty. It's the Holy Spirit's work to convict people of their sin. And I want you to see it today as a gift. I want you to see that when you experience that conviction of God's Spirit in your life for things that you know you shouldn't do, that that's a gift. That's not just guilt. Let's think of it this way. Last Sunday, we talked about the Holy Spirit wanting to do a renovation work in your hearts, that the Holy Spirit is living within you, and much like a home renovation, the Holy Spirit goes to work right away to transform you into the likeness of Christ. When the Spirit is convicting us of sin, it's saying to us, why are you undoing the work that I'm starting? It's hard enough as it is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Why would you embrace those old idols and those old behaviors and those sinful ways? Why would you go down that path? You're making it more difficult. It's like if you were actually renovating your bathroom and you'd worked in it all day and someone came in at night and undid all the work you did tore up the carpet and broke the sink that you just fixed and did it, you'd be furious. The Holy Spirit is doing a renovation work in our hearts and when we give way to sin, we undo the work that he wants to do. But I want to make an important distinction here. After we've given our hearts to Christ, the consequence of sin is not connected to our eternal security any longer. The consequence is the setback of the transformation. Christ has sealed us in his Holy Spirit, which acts as a guarantee and allows us to start to experience the fullness of God's kingdom here and now as the Spirit begins an inside-out renovation work. So the consequence of sin is no longer death. That's been dealt with in Christ. Sin has lost its power, but it still makes an awful mess. So when the Spirit is convicting you of something, it's saying, don't undo the work that I've already begun to do. And if we would see it that way, we would see conviction as a gift. Fourth, encouragement. I know none of you need encouragement today. You're all topped up. You're ready to go. You've got more than you can handle, and you're probably just tired of being encouraged um, because life is great and easy. But there may be an occasion when things get difficult. Let me read these verses to you from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. It says, we can rejoice too, for when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and that's true. When you hit tough patches, it can make you stronger. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. They're connected. But listen to verse 5. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill us with his love. He's given us the Holy Spirit who wants to fill us with his love. Back to the obstacle course. There's moments along the race when you're running an obstacle course when you get tired and you get discouraged and you think, I'm never going to finish. I'm burrowing in the mud and the barbed wire is scraping my back and if I lay here in the mud, no one will find me for a month. No one cares. There's times in life when we get discouraged, when the race seems too challenging and too difficult and we don't think we will ever finish and if we don't finish that anybody will ever care. And Paul says there's these moments along the way the Holy Spirit can deposit the Lord's love into our hearts as he needs and as required. 
I love Eugene Peterson's translation of these words. It says this, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. We can't round up enough containers to store it all. Lastly, witness. As we start living by the Holy Spirit, the Lord is going to lead you to be a witness to the story of Jesus to people who don't know it. Guaranteed. I have a verse here, but it's the whole book of Acts. So if you'll bear with me, I'll read it and you can just uh, follow along. 57 times in the book of Acts, it says the Spirit directed his followers to go and make themselves available to tell the Jesus story to somebody. 57 times. This was normal behavior, normal activity. The Christians who were willing to walk by the Spirit, God would prompt them and direct them to specific homes. We're not saying like, you know, reach out to somebody today. It was go to so-and-so's house. (laughs) Go on this street and stand there and wait for this guy to go by in this vehicle. Specific instructions because God was actively at work in their hearts already. He's orchestrating salvation history and he's got people over here whom he's working in their hearts and he's got Christians over here and he's directing them on over so that we will tell the Jesus story to people as he moves us to. In fact, some Bibles call the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles because the Holy Spirit, like the wind, has activated them and is moving them into the world to do the acts of Jesus. And as you and I start to live Attentive to the Holy Spirit's promptings, you will have moments where God is speaking to you about somebody specific and is wanting you to reach out to them, send them a note, invite them to something, show some care or concern. And I can think of just so many moments where this has happened and I've been able to to be a front row seat to it. A couple of months ago, I was sitting at my house eating my lunch. It was lunchtime. I'd gone home. I was sitting at the table eating a sandwich. I can remember it well. And suddenly, a person's name came into my mind. It was a person that I'd only ever met once before, and I knew to be going through a very difficult time in serious health in hospital. Didn't really think a whole lot of it, but I felt this persisting sense that now you need to go visit them. So I finished my sandwich, and off I went. I went to the place, and I sat down. And in the midst of that meeting and that visit, I just kind of thought, well, I will wait to see if there's an opportunity here. And it became very evident right away there was going to be a moment. So I shared the gospel with this gentleman, and he received Christ right in that moment. While I'm sitting at my dining room table eating my sandwich, God is working in this man's heart, and he's orchestrating, saying, go. Another story. About uh, just before Christmas, a friend and I were sitting in Starbucks on the west side, enjoying a cup of coffee, and we've just finished visiting. And we were about to pray together just before we finished our coffee time. When all of a sudden this young lady comes in. Now, it's virtually empty. And we are sitting off in a corner where there's three chairs. And this young lady comes on, and she sits in our little pod right in the chair beside us. There's lots of free seats everywhere else, which was my first thought. In that space, when you're sitting together, your knees are almost touching. You're not, I mean, you're very close together. And the other person, being much more spiritual than I, recognized an opportunity and thought, well, for their sake, I'll alleviate them some discomfort where we're going to start praying, and that could really be freaky if no one gave you a heads up. So he says, look, we're just about to pray together. I'm wondering if there's anything we could pray for you about. And she looked down for a second, and she said, well, uh, my mom just died. 
and I've flown home uh, to look after her arrangements. And I'd really appreciate it if you'd pray for me. And so in that moment, we got to pray for this young lady. The Holy Spirit is active in the hearts of believers, guiding us to people who are hurting in our broken world, helping us tell the Jesus story to them. And if we would be open and attentive to the Spirit's leading in this situation, we would experience the opportunity and the joy of sharing that with other people. This is the life that the Lord wants for us. As you think about the week ahead, as you think about the obstacle course that might be facing you coming up, the Lord wants you to imagine how you could be sitting there in the morning and the Lord takes a gift from his heart and gives it to you. How the Holy Spirit intervenes and helps plead on your behalf in the throne room of heaven for the things that are on your heart this week. That the Holy Spirit shows us the renovating work that he's trying to do and how we are frustrating it by falling into our sinful ways. That the Holy Spirit wants to give us top-ups of love and encouragement all along the week. And that his Holy Spirit has work for us to do and witness opportunities for us as we are available and attentive to him. Can you imagine what life would be like if we all were open to receiving what the Spirit longs to give us for this week? I'm going to ask us to close our eyes as we pray. And Lord, in this moment, we just quiet ourselves and we think about our week. We think about the things that we know about that are coming up this week that might be heavy for us right now that might be challenging or difficult. You know it's going to go on. And you have gifts for us this week to help see us through. Lord, for each of us this week, there's things going to happen that we didn't know about. But they're not a surprise to you. And so, Lord, we know when those things happen, you'll be there with us. And we can rely on you and count on you. And Lord, this week, there's people in our city who do not know you and who are wondering if God cares and wondering if there is any hope. We pray that we would be so attentive to your Holy Spirit that you would lead us to those people and that we would have opportunity to connect with them in some meaningful way for your kingdom's sake. God, move in our church. Move in our lives, we pray, for your glory.